The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dane and Derek. My name is Derek, and this week we're discussing OSRs, old school revival RPGs, role playing yep. games. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'm Dane. Uh, we are both lovers of tabletop RPGs and nothing else this week. So let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, we're diving um, right into it. Old school yeah. revival. So that's Derek. Are you super familiar with these? So I, I'm not as familiar, but I understand where they come from. But I'll go ahead and uh, give me the lowdown. Okay, so OSR's Old School Revival um, is a movement in like the tabletop RPG space. Uh, kind of in the same way that there's like an indie movement and a story game movement. The OSR's uh, find a lot. They're basically just like they're throwback people. They love yeah. like first edition D&D. Um, and so a lot of their games are, are what they call like retro clones, um, wherein they're basically, um, what's the way to put it? They, they basically take like Gary Gygax's like original D and D's like books and booklets, and they'll more or less, they'll, they'll just like brush them up. They'll rearrange them and like make them readable. Cause they're kind of messes if we're being yeah. honest. Um, so they'll just organize it for like readability um understanding rules like all that good stuff it's it's pretty cool on on just like from like a a, from a standpoint of someone who's played all that and like an archival standpoint um there are also some other games uh like uh mork borg for example um Mm. wherein it's original mechanics um but very much in this vein uh there are also some like overlap so like uh the uh it's i think it's the black hack yeah, the black um, hack mecha. The hack. black hack is very much like an overlapping of the indie space with the OSR space. So it's kind of yeah. like Dungeon World meets first edition D D. Yep. Um and then there's some that are like uh like uh five torches deep, where they basically just mm-hmm. turn fifth edition D D into um an OSR game. So we're kind of dancing around it a little bit, but the thing that they're really trying to get at more than the rules specifically like they're not like yeah for some people it's really about like the old first edition style rules what they're really after is the experience of old school tabletop gaming um yeah which is like way more about like the dungeons and like um the dungeons and the crawls yes the dungeons and the crawls and like like for a lot of people like their introduction to like D and D now is like a critical role or an adventure zone that is very, very story based, even though yeah. they're using fifth, like fifth edition, like pretty relatively crunchy rules. Um, uh-huh. Whereas this, the way the OSR people are like very much, they're like, our characters die all the time. Uh, we have backups. We, they're, they're very much, it's very lighter, much lighter on the role playing in terms of like a character style. Um, yeah. It's very much about like, going on an adventure um and delving deep and like getting treasure and it's not all also oddly it's not as much about fighting monsters um like it's really about exploring dungeons um for for these people and so it's a lot about like reviving um uh what's the word Uh, like specific uh rulings and and ideas like make tracking like torches and things because it's very much about 
like resource management and um you know darkness and all of this this stuff so like it's much more nitpicky about these things but like it's also very much about um it, it is about the the dungeon crawling like it's super it's yes. it, there's not a much better way to explain it but it's like it's about finding traps and finding clever ways to go about them like most of these yeah. systems actually have way fewer like skills and stuff so like if you want to like for example if you want to disarm a trap you actually have to like come up with a way to disarm it you know right, like yeah and you need a tool to ha- that you have so like inventory is really important and typically like you don't get much xp for killing monsters you get way more xp for like bringing back treasure yeah Um, i've heard it oh go go ahead i've heard it described as like role-playing through the decisions you make as your character versus role-playing based around like a backstory and a character and a goal it's it's like my character has a 10 intelligence i can't metagame through that right my character's really Mm -hmm. good at punching things so i'm gonna punch my way through this trap or I'm the party rogue and I have like a really high intelligence. I don't know why intelligence is the space that I go to, but <laughs> that's like, I think like the easiest way to explain the kind of like decision making process. Like you could play like a character that is incredibly unwise, right? And is constantly tripping traps or is a little bit too greedy, right? Like the decisions come from the stats and the sort of generative aspect of the resource management. Yeah. And also there's a, there is a side of it where they play way more, they play in a much more metagamey sense. Yes. Um, wherein like your stats are helpful, but like having a 10 intelligence uh, doesn't mean you can't come up with a clever solution. Right. Um, like you're not hampered. Like you are still a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, uh, uh, it's very, it's very, it's very interesting style. Um, and there is something that's a little bit more game-like about it. Um, uh-huh. But it also tends to lead to these like very um, exciting stories that people tell of very clever solutions. Another thing to note in these games is like, unlike in 5th edition D&D, uh, wherein your character is kind of just a fantasy superhero, like by the end of like your leveling arc is in 5th edition, you, you know right you can like basically slay gods you know like that's yeah you know you're you're fantasy superman um in the osr tradition like nobody ever gets that strong um even at like the strongest levels um you're still pretty squishy so you have to like come up with like clever solutions so it's it's very much there's something kind of like puzzle solvey about it and like yeah about like clever solutions um and you know you've played a fair amount of advanced Dungeons and Dragons, right, Derek? Yeah. So second edition is where I learned how to play, and I played that pretty much growing up, like elementary through middle, and even in high school. Um, yeah. And, and advanced advanced D is well within edition. the OSR. Yeah. Second edition yes, is it is very well much OSR. I think a lot of OSRs pull from that because, mm-hmm, like, do. so just like some mechanical differences for those who don't know, like. In old D&D, you would have to roll under a certain stat, basically, to hit someone. You had a thing called Thaco to hit armor class zero, and basically, they had, like, a Thaco score, and then you would roll, and then you would, like, do all this math and subtract and have to roll under. I think a lot of OSRs have simplified it to where it's, like, like the stat is just the number you have to roll below on a D20, which is way easier to, like, do. 
Um, and yeah. like, you know, when you take a, a minus, you know, you, you, uh, you subtract from that number. So like, say you need like, I've only played like mecha hack, which is like a hack of the black hack. Um, mm-hmm. but like, for instance, like if you are going to overcharge your laser, you need to, and you fail your check, you, now you have a, a minus two to systems. Okay. Now your systems went from a 10 to an eight. So the next time you make a systems check, you have to get below an eight, which is much, much harder, harder than, you know, below a 10. So in a lot of ways, it makes sense, right? Like a natural one becomes a critical hit and a natural 20 becomes a critical fail. Um, yeah, it's it, the mechanics feel a little backwards to like a lot of what people are most used to because uh, the third edition of D&D kind of flipped a lot on their head. Yes, that's where and the whole I nat think, 20 comes in. Yeah, I think um, from like a approachability standpoint, I do think that third edition made some really good choices that are a lot more intuitive. Yes. Um, some streamlining that's just been refined in fifth edition down to like a nice clean system. I, I will say, I think the OSR stuff is really difficult to approach. It feels very esoteric. And also I will say that the aesthetics of um, <laughs> the OSR, this sort of like, weird 70s sort of trippy sort of like lo-fi weirdness fantasy art and stuff yeah not super approachable it kind of gives off like punk rock metal vibes of like this is like a club and either you're in or you're not and it is tough to get in yeah Um, i mean if you google like the original conan barbarian poster that's like a great example of like the kind of art and the kind of vibes that these old games kind of have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They're and very much like these, like, yeah, like these, these like hyper, I guess, like masculine and feminine and like very, sexual. There's something oddly ugly about it too. Yes. And I mean that just in like, just not that pleasing to look at. It's gritty um, in a way that you don't expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like, I think the fantasy aesthetics uh somewhere in like i think i want to say somewhere around uh, as a result of like the lord of the rings um kind of got prettier yes if, if something yeah. elegant got put in there that especially even, when like yeah especially for the movies yeah like yeah if you yeah, look at the difference of like fourth edition and fifth edition art versus like third edition art there's there's a transition yeah you can in third edition you can still see like the remnants of the old stuff and like by fifth edition it's got that like very much peter jackson tolkien yeah um, take peter jackson's take on tolkien's style of like elves are like galadriel and 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 whatnot right um right yeah and and i think that is much more approachable um and so, yeah, OSR is kind of like, it's kind of like I would describe it as like punk rock D&D in a sense. Yeah. Like, like you, like you, yeah. Like you really have to want to be there and you really want to have, you, you, you really want to be in the mosh. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah like, 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 like you want to go to the show, but not just the show. You want to be in the mosh. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I've been like, kind of like diving into like OSR YouTube lately, just because it's kind of fascinating. Huh. Like. Like Matt Colville stuff? Uh kinda, yeah. Um or more like, adjacent, but like more adjacent, okay. Yeah, the one I got kind of hooked on was a uh, questing beast. But um huh. have to the, check that out. the Yeah, the the interesting thing like that I kind of come to with it is that um 
in playing it or, or playing playing around with these ideas in my head, like I think about it as like, you know, a lot of people you and I played D and D with in high school would have loved OSR. Oh yeah, um, because it's it's way more about like a lot of the people we played with were not a hundred percent comfortable with like the role playing side of things, and they just kind of wanted to do like the dungeon crawl, and then slowly over time let their characters kind of emerge and then care about yeah. stuff right and right. osr is amazing for that like amazing yes. for that and so i, I think about it, i'm like man i kind of wish i'd known about this you know back in high school i totally would have run this for for people it would have been great yeah. um but i think and, yeah no definitely go ahead but it's definitely just like a it's a it's a line of thinking and there's like a lot of it that i i want to bring into uh games i play in the future um, just because like, I, I think that there are some really good ideas in there around like, um, problem solving and how to handle like difficulty, which is to basically be like, yeah, some things are going to be too hard and some things are going to be too easy. And that makes combat dynamic and interesting. Enjoy, you know, like, yeah. um, versus like, like one thing, like the idea of like getting XP for treasure. Well, not exactly the realm I'd want to go. I do like the fact that that kind of like incentivizes combat to be thought of as like not the ideal thing like a lot of D campaigns because character advancement is locked behind killing shit um yeah it incentivizes your characters to be like murder hobos murder hobos yeah um whereas like if treasure's your goal, it incentivizes your characters to be greedy sons of bitches instead, oh, which is yeah. a very different problem. But like, I was like thinking about it, like, okay, well, what if you offered XP for killing monsters, um, bringing back treasure and like clearing levels of dungeons, um, you know, and maybe even like have the characters have like a character goal that when completed, they get XP you know uh, like kind of kind of like a roguelike kind of yeah just being like hey look there are there are these different ways in which to get experience and um and any one of them is viable it's just you know you probably kind of need to do all of them and it means yeah. that like if you want to talk your way through a combat encounter instead you're not losing out on anything for doing that yeah you know in fact you're probably gaining something cuz you know, like in the same system, you you would also be like, you are not generous with like long rests in 5e, right? right. Um, and like the thing that I really like about the OSR scene is the idea of like thinking about the game world as a as 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 something as not like not gearing it around like a, a a story so much as like this is a place where you guys get to come hang out and play yeah you know exactly and i haven't played in many campaigns or adventures like that lately it's all about like and for better and worse like i do think that like the critical role adventure zone friends of the table style of play is pretty dominant right now yeah um and that's super cool and i love that stuff and i wouldn't want to give up a lot of what that's brought out for anything but also i do love when it's like yeah we're all here and slap down a map and like what do you guys want to do tonight you know like 
Yeah, no, I definitely, it's funny because I think like when I think about a game that I don't get to play in, in often enough, it is it is exactly that. I don't get to play mm-hmm. in a game where you just kind of get to dungeon crawl. And I think for me, a lot of it comes down to like certain games with certain amounts of rules exhaust me, but mm-hmm. I still want to dungeon crawl, even if the rules are a little less intensive. Yeah. Um. Because I was like, I was looking at using an OSR for a group that I was like looking at doing a game with that was very much in this vein of like dungeon crawling. And I think it's just like, I think for a lot of these, like, yeah, they feel very hard to approach, but having just that map and knowing that like, you know, to quote Dungeon World, right? Draw maps, leave blanks. Yeah. But this is more like draw maps and hide things. Um I think a lot about how you used to put sticky notes on maps for where, where we hadn't gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I very much like that. Um, and like, I, I often wonder, right? Like there's a lot of games that lean somewhere that's like D and D light and more story oriented. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you can get like D and D light and be more dungeon crawl oriented. I would say, honestly, look at five torches deep for that. Mm-hmm. Um, five torches deep is really good for like, it strips away a lot of 5e down to just like, here's what you need. And this is yeah. about going dungeon crawling. Um, yeah, it's it's I think it's really cool. Um, but in that same vein, you know, like. I kind of am like moving back into this idea of like. Um, five playing a little bit more 5e and a little bit less in the indie scene. Um and kind of changing what I'm looking for uh-huh. uh, around a bit. Like, um, like if I want to play something in the indie scene, I might actually want to like kind of leave dungeon world or like quest by the wayside and be like, no, I think I'm going to play fall of magic or the yeah. quiet year. Just being like, Nope, we're just going completely off. We're going to go to the other end because what I want to do is I want to play like a storytelling game. Right. Um, where it's you're, all you're, about you're, the characters. Yeah. You're honing in on the very specifics of what you're looking for yeah yeah and you know what i don't have like the core group with which to dive into like an osr with you know like i don't i don't have those people um you know and yeah i'm not sure i want to go a team (laughs) yeah like i'm not sure i want to go into the mosh pit if i'm being honest um but maybe i want like a little bit more of a punk rocky like pop punk maybe pop punk uh you know like take some ideas and play some 5e with people which is also one thing i'm also remembering about 5e as i'm kind of coming around back to it is like yeah you know what it, it it's kind of nice to just be like i don't have to teach a damn thing Every, like yeah you know everyone you know how knows to play how to play the game yeah you know how to play it and also there's so much support for it yeah because that's the other thing i'm looking at is like how do i keep playing games while i'm in law school um when I don't have as much time and the answer kind of has been modules. Yeah. Um, wherein it's like, yeah, we're sitting down and we're going to play an adventure. And my job as the dungeon master is I don't have to prep. I need to like read it and be ready, right. but I don't need to come up with everything. I just need to tweak it to make it work yeah. for the characters and for what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And since I play mostly at distance with people, there's like pre-made like fucking roll 20 prep stuff. And I'm like, Oh Oh, yeah. mm, Love that. Um, and then just like 
put in some OSR stuff and some like the best of the story, story game movement mm-hmm. things to just be like, here, we can have a really nice time with all of this. Um, and, you know, like, I think some something that OSR really acknowledges that um, some of the, like, the story game stuff doesn't is like the OSR acknowledges that this is a game. Um, you know? Yeah. Like they, they acknowledge that like you need to be able to put it down. So like OSR games typically have like kind of rules around like, yeah, you can't really end a session in the dungeon. You need to be in a safe haven together or someone dies, you know? Yeah. And so like, it's kind of built around being like, we played it, played a session together and then it ended and we all get to go home and it's not like left on a horrible cliffhanger or any number of things. Right. Like, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really, really appreciative of all of that. And yeah, it's definitely nice. Like, yeah, there was something I was, I was listening to a podcast with Sage Latora and Adam Blankenship. Kobo? No, not Adam Kobo. Oh no. Different Adam. Adam Blankenship, I think. Yeah. Designed a different game. I forget which game, but Mm. they were talking about how like, Games shouldn't feel like you're giving your players homework to take home with them. Yeah. And that really resonated with me because I realized like when you play a lot of story-driven games, there's often a lot of like pre-session work you have to do with each individual player to mm-hmm. kind of make sure that their story goals are being achieved, right? Right. Um, and that's a lot of work for the player and the game master to just meet an extra session in between sessions to talk about the character and live in that world um Mm -hmm. and i started to notice a trend among my players that a lot of them would just rather show up and improv and make it all up as they go yeah and i was like why am i asking them to do homework if 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 what they really are here for is just to kind of figure it out as we go like i shouldn't be asking so much of them and it would honestly help me out it would put a lot less pressure on me um (laughs) And that's like a really, I think, good thing about some games where like they they let you just have that space. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll have to take a look at Five Torches Deep because I, I started in January, you know, to go back to last week's episode, I started something new, which was designing a game, um, which I'd mm-hmm. never done before. And I was designing a game to specifically fulfill my my need of having something that wasn't, that was, it was a dungeon crawling game driven by in character story decisions that was like how i was selling it to myself mm-hmm. and i was looking for alternative ways to reward people um like you were talking about how like killing monsters doesn't get you that much xp you know talking your way around it might get you more xp and that was like a, definitely an element of it like i thought a lot about like breath of the wild or just how like you don't get experience for killing monsters you get loot but you don't get experience um yeah, and I think that that's like a really powerful thing to not reward killing uh, in, the, in, in the same way as mm-hmm. you do in like D&D where it's like a dragon is worth 50,000 experience points. Um, you know, like I right. feel like you, you can almost quantify like, you know, that great episode of like that one episode of World of uh, not World of Warcraft, the one episode of South Park where they go grind boars in the woods, <laughs> you know, just to level up. Right. And I think that yeah. like. That I think is something that I don't want out of like an old school game, but it's but what's but what I do want are like players sitting around at a table thinking, well, how can we get across this pit? How can we like like how does this puzzle work? Uh, because 
that's something tangible. It's a tangible thing to solve and they can solve it like through their characters, which whether or not they're comfortable with it, they're role playing in a sense, they just don't realize it. And that I think is like a real gem of a, a of an experience that, you know, you don't really get these days. It, it feels very binary. Like you're either Absolutely. crunchy munchy or you're real story heavy. And I would love something in the middle because I feel like a lot of the best stories are made through the cr- crunchy munchy. Like, I think I mean, a lot about that campaign that we constantly talk about on this show. The one you with know, the lich. The, the immortals with the lich. Yep. And that campaign started very crunchy munchy. It did. It and did. then at a certain point, it became very story driven. And it became like, like we had goals that were associated with our crunchy munch. And right, I think that yeah. that is like truly, that in my opinion is truly the best part about, that's what I enjoy the most about these games. You it's know. the it's discovering the stuff from the from what comes out in play, right? Like yes, you know, yes. like like truthfully, could could you guys in that campaign have come up with backstory um, motivation better than uh, we accidentally released uh, the lich? Like, exactly. We, we you guys have. did that by mistake, and you guys did that. Yeah, you, like you did it, and now you gotta fix it. Yeah. And in the same time, you know, like um like I think about like a game your dad actually ran for us. Um it was a um oh, yeah, Asian American inspired. Yeah. Or uh, not Asian, a, a, an Asian culture um inspired yeah. module game. from Yeah. I don't I don't really remember the name of it, but you know, like we had like bare bones characters you and I. Um Yes. And but by by the end, it was such an adventure. Like I still remember how excited I was when oh, the villain was escaping and I ran off and jumped with full trust that you would cast Gust to get me the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or like jump. You, yeah. Know. Or like I took a freaking finger of death for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was like so fulfilling. And it like it's mm-hmm. like like things like like those kind that kind of action adventure play. Yeah, I feel like you don't get as much because um, it is because like we weren't playing with minis. We weren't playing with maps. Mm-mm. You no. know, we were just saying shit that we wanted to do. I remember we drew a few things out just to make sure yeah. we had like it right in our head. But like, but it wasn't like you we know, relied on these sort of like trappings of 30 feet half cover. It yeah. wasn't like that. And I think like that that fluid kind of action adventure experience through a dungeon crawl because we were basically just climbing a tower right that was like the whole adventure going to this tower and climbing said tower yeah um and and like that was like the that was like the adventure like the the adventure was 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 what we did you know yeah um and i i just i want i want some more of that i want to i want to find like you're talking about that balance and like yeah um because a lot of the games I've been playing lately have been like, here's the backstory and it's mostly going to be like figuring out how to make everybody's character backstories pay off. That's the, that's the campaign. And yeah, you know, like I'm sitting down with players right now and I'm like, Hey, kind of what we're doing is I'm going to bring you like, like, I'm just going to, I'm bringing you adventures. We're going to, I'm bringing adventure modules. And that's kind of what we're doing. Like, I know that like it's D and D you can do anything, but also like we're doing the adventure module. Like we're yeah. going on an adventure together. And this is what I'm bringing to the table. 
Um, you know, and we'll see what comes out of it. Like, and that's got its own joy, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to go down this rabbit hole. Cause it is, it's also where I started. Like you started by playing second edition. I started by playing first. Yeah. Um, I started by playing first until my uncle discovered that th- third edition had come out in the interim between when he had <laughs> last played and then played, picked it up to teach me. Yeah. Um, he was like, Oh my God, we have to try this. And he had a great time, but like, um, yeah, so it, it's, and he was still running first edition modules for me through th- third edition. He was just, um, repackaging them. Um, yeah. Doing the, the translation. Hmm. We should talk more about this another time. Absolutely. I think we should. I think we should jump in and like talk about modules we've gotten to play and like, yeah. Or just like things that we look forward to in an OSR. Cause I think that experience we're talking about is such a nuanced experience that I think absolutely that I think like it warrants like another episode to just, to just dissect that and like why that's so important to us. Cause like, I think it's why often I talk about how like, like some of the best D and I ever played was with you is because like, I think a lot of the people at that table and you and I especially love that experience. Totally. And it was, I got to admit, it was a chore to make that happen with fourth edition. Fourth oh, edition yeah. was not supportive of that at all. Yeah. Um, but that, that aside, like I, I also think that there's so much to be, um, to love in like the indie and the storytelling game, like mm-hmm. movements, right? Like, I, I I think at the end of the day, the thing that's just so cool is that there the the hobby has grown enough such that it can support all these variations on it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just want people to hear more about like OSR versus storytelling games versus the indie RPG scene versus like how cool Fifth Edition. Like we rag on Fifth Edition all the time, but actually Fifth Edition's a really good game. Like it is. Like I've played them all, and I think it's still the best one. I, like, I was thinking a lot about how, like, we talked about how introing someone to tabletop games, D&D is the best. And I agree mm-hmm. with that sentiment now. Like, having played a handful of D&D games and a handful of, like, other types of games, D&D is still foundational in that regard. It still covers that. Yeah, which, rounds. honestly, I when it was 4th edition was, like, the D&D that was under, getting support, um, I honestly would have said, no, I think you should probably start with Pathfinder yeah you know because mm-hmm. that that was better and it was still getting support as opposed to D 3.5 and then fifth edition came out and i'm like it's better it's just it's nice and clean and and it lets you go off in all sorts of directions if you played 5e someone can hand you dungeon world and you'll be like oh yeah i get this like cool i got it you know um and you could be handed you know Morkborg or five torches deep or like um, old school essentials and be like oh yeah. yeah i also get this or 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 fall of magic even you know all of it and so it's yeah. it's just super cool but you know uh, another time another, another time. time you know this is the first tabletop episode we've had in a long time it is i think i think we need to go we need to do some more yeah we definitely do yeah, yeah but yeah. for another time thank you all another for listening time. to us talk about one of our favorite hobbies uh again for the bajillionth time but and you're uh, gonna if you're gonna stick with us you're gonna listen to it again god damn it yeah we can listen to it again <clears throat> and uh maybe we'll have more stories after some games we've played next time um mm-hmm. but yeah for now you can follow the show uh at dane and derek everywhere 
Um, tweet at us or Instagram at us if there's any cool games you've heard of that we may not have played. Uh, we'd love to see what games people are playing. Um, and yeah, oh, yeah. Let's see what movies I'm making on my website, derekayalo.com. Um, I, you can find my writing at danewrites.com where you'll find a link to the Substack where I, I post uh, a little piece of poetry, fiction, or nonfiction every week. Uh, you can uh, find links to my podcast, Diceology, where mostly we play storytelling and indie RPGs, um, and a link out to music I've written in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, but, uh, happy gaming. Happy uh, gaming. Catch you later. Catch you later.